0: I'm Kat and I'm Gabe and we're the The ghouls ghouls next next door. Yeah, that's us. (laughs) Uh, And this is episode twenty-one, which is our episode about uh, us. Well, not us specifically, like women, but our kind, our species, which is ladies. Uh, yeah, so we have a guest. <laughs> we do, Woo! and uh, to help us talk about ladies uh, and the beautiful, smart, witty women <laughs> who survive these massacres that we see on screen, sometimes with barely any clothes on. Yeah. so you got to give them a lot of credit, and they usually fall quite a few times. Mm-hmm. So they, but they get back up again. They get yeah. knocked down, they get back up again, and you're never going to keep us down because that's yeah, how it works. because ladies. Um, and so Whoa. we're going to talk about this topic with one of our friends and a fellow podcaster, Dr. Tim Marie. Hello. Hi, welcome. This is fun. <laughs> yes. I like so <laughs> And uh, uh, Dr. Tim Marie has a wonderful podcast uh, which is sex with Tim Marie. Yeah. Uh So we thought she'd have a lot to say on this matter. And just also, also like the over-sexualization of women in horror films as well.
1: This is, this is also a particular area of, of interest of mine, like as a horror nerd. And like um, I have on several different occasions given very like wonky at ad- academic talks about sexuality in horror films. So this is like right up. Yes. <laughs> Right up my bum, right up my
0: alley, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wherever's appropriate, wherever yeah, you, right you consent, yeah, <laughs> yeah, consent and lube—that's right all you really need. Yeah, yeah. handshakes. <laughs> um, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Uh, just says so uh, if any listeners um, who aren't familiar would like to tune in.
1: Uh, so it's called Sex with Samurai. Um I am super fortunate that I have a producer, uh, Nathan Karuna, who's incredible, who uh, approached me many years ago and was like. You're a sex educator, you're a writer, you already do all these like workshops and education things. You should have a podcast so people can like hear it. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. But uh <laughs> this was this was three hundred and thirty episodes ago uh, that we started doing it. That's and they've so, done so
0: many. So we're many. like, woo, twenty-one. Like, yeah. <laughs> so
1: uh we talk to all sorts of uh people. Um and everyone from like people who've invented a thing to academics to porn stars to People who specifically study like the law around sexuality or somebody who's like a um, a gynecologist with a specialization in oncology or something. It could be anybody. Uh, And we talk about what's in the news. We talk about um, politics. We talk about um, because sex touches on every subject. So we Mm -hmm. get to we get to do a lot with it.
0: Yes, sex is everywhere, at least in our home is that's what we believe. It's
1: everywhere and it's everything. I mean, it, there's like it's the whole like it's being a person. And even if you're an asexual person, it's like still your sense of self and like body mm-hmm. image Oh yeah. Just it's mm-hmm.
0: it's to be alive. <laughs> yes. Sex is to be alive. You're here. <laughs> so um today we're talking about uh these ladies in horror films. So we kind of wanted to touch on specifically um the tropes of women in horror films. So not necessarily like highlighting any one specific character or woman like that, but just kind of seeing how there's been growth in the horror field, um, from these, uh, damsels in distress to now having like leading powerful women, uh, like Ripley, you know, fighting the alien. So I kind of want to just start with anyone's feelings about strong female leads that we've seen in horror films and or the opposite. And just kind of like what those feelings were, like either growing up or something that may, maybe you've seen recently where you're like, wow, this is profound. This is awesome. And kind of took it with you. Well, I think
1: that it's really important to to just note that Um, I know you will talk about the Bechdel Fest and stuff like Bechdel Fest and stuff. Uh, One of the few genres that consistently passes is horror Mm -hmm. and uh, also queer movies. Those are two. Um, And part of the reason for that is the way that we conceptualize women and their emotionality. So for a horror movie to function, the uh, the people you're watching they have to seem like they're in, in fear for their lives, that they are, mm-hmm. that the danger is real and you are you are experiencing it along with them. And there's this catharsis and then there's this like schadenfreude and there's like all these feelings it's evoking. And the reason that women are more often the protagonists of horror films is that they are... Uh, culturally allowed to express fear, yes. um, men can't. And if if they show fear, then like this very hegemonic idea of masculinity says like, well, that's not a real dude. He's a wuss. Whatever. It's like that's a feminine thing. And so dudes in horror movies are either just like stupid caricatures. They're like tropes of different types of people. They're cliches. Or like if they're going to be the protagonist, it's an action movie. Because they're like John McClane. They can't express that they feel terror. There's like, I'm going to get this. You know, I'm going to run around with my bare feet and glass and like, I got this. Yes. And that's like, that is a really big, um, that is really big thing about the, the one, the one, one of the really great things about being a woman and the way that culture views us is we are allowed to have more emotional expression. Yes. Um, and then also people want to look at us be in danger.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely. a
1: piece like we we like watching women be fearful and be punished and we like we enjoy that stuff. We enjoy that like sadistic piece of it. But then we also have again like as you were saying like this rise of the strong female protagonist. The um both the the trope of the last girl and then like these later iterations where it's like no, like I can be feminine and I can be an ass kicker both and like Buffy the Vampire Slayer being mm-hmm. one of those first mm-hmm. characters specifically created as, no, I don't have to be this androgynous, sexless creature to survive. I can I can have a name like Buffy. I can be a cheerleader. I can <laughs> yeah. have a boyfriend and still live through a horror movie.
0: Yes. Yeah. All those. Very valid. All the points I like to make. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kat, you had some kind of thoughts just about growing up as like a lady.
2: Yeah. I mean... If we're talk, like, there's so many different ways to classify horror. I think movies in general, like, my favorite movie as a kid growing up was Mulan, and that oh, yes. was primarily because, like, she was such a strong character that was like, I can do anything a man can do, and I'm not just a wife, and, like, I can... And not like, if there's anything wrong with being just a wife, but, like, that she wanted to be who she was without apologizing. And I think that was like a really big thing for me as a kid. But then also like characters like Sarah Connor and Terminator Mm. who like pushups. Yeah. I was just like, she's like tough. She's like, she's like fit. She can like do stuff. And all those, like, those were like my favorite movies growing up was Terminator. And, you know mulan and just seeing like these really strong women i always felt like fearless and, like badass after watching them i don't know i never really related to the other girls that were my age and i always like felt some type of way about it which is why i think honestly like mulan and like the terminator movies and like all that kind of like nerd horror sci-fi what have you is was like always like my favorite thing because that's where women really were put in those like roles of like kicking ass taking names
0: Ladies in horror films, women in horror films, girls in horror films, these uh, protagonists, victims, whichever the probably male director and writer has written for her. So uh, I wanted to bring up a specific, the, the Bechdel test of... Which is a way to kind of see if, you know, there's a proper representation of women and if it's doing it in a way. And it is. I mean, there are things that pass this test that are clearly not like um, I think I read somewhere that uh, baby baby got back technically passes. Cause there's like two women and they're talking oh, and they're like, oh, Becky, so like okay, her, her yes. butt is so big. And cause they have names, they're talking mm. to each other and they're talking about another lady. So it doesn't really count. But I was just like, okay, <laughs> the but, the but listen,
1: the Bechdel has never been a measure of the quality of representation. Yes, it's it's just like
0: do the basic, Yeah. Just do the basics. Like not
1: only about men. I also enjoy the sexy lamp test. Which is like <laughs> what is that? So you you look at a film, and if the women characters could be replaced by a sexy lamp, uh-huh. the idea being that you like know, the it, leg, well, it just it serves the function, like it serves the function of being sexy, but it doesn't actually contribute in any meaningful way, and like you yeah. don't have any, it doesn't like, do anything, you know, feel story, anything. Yeah. yeah. If they could be replaced by a lamp that was sexy, then they, you know, yeah, then test. yeah. there's huh. also, um, I think Ellen Willis proposed one um there there are a few different ones but that are about um whether or not they have any sort of like storyline of their own or if they exist entirely in um in the service of the characters that are male it's so minimal it's just asking the bare goddamn minimum like give us a name
0: give us more than one (laughs) let us talk to each other qualification you just have a name yeah.
1: And so, that there's another
0: woman who also has a name. <laughs> that's yeah. so minimal. Like, what? Like, that's how, that's how drastic it is that we're in need. But so for anyone who doesn't know what the Bechdel test is, we have three rules. So um, the first one is that there needs to at least be two women in the movie. And one of those uh, kind of caveats is that they should have names. First names is fine. Or code names, whatever they have a name. They're not just like that person, They're a person. They're not her, whatever. Yeah, they like have a friend. yes, exactly. They exist and are relevant. And then um, the second thing is that these two women speak to one another uh, just having a conversation. And then the third part is that they're talking to each other about something that is not about a man. What we did when we had our episode about black horror films. So just like talking about the tropes of black characters in films and like mm-hmm. they always die first or they don't make it to the end or they're comic relief. Um, we wanted to kind of look at the films that we've already kind of addressed in our previous episodes and seeing like, do they pass this test? Cause horror, um, like Dr. Timory was saying, uh, is one of these like phenomenal genres that actually does pass this test quite a bit um and more so recently but to kind of we kind of briefly went through because we can't go through all the movies we, watched, now we watch because now we're in episode 21 we made it so films that we watched and so we talked about it in clown uh and we said no because there's one character that's the female and there's a lot in the book Oh, that book is a mess. (laughs) Yes, clown also just had like the wife who like became subservient to her husband, even though he was like a demonic monster that was eating children. So like you do, yeah, you know, you gotta all you know till you die, Uh, till death do you part. (laughs) Uh, We did give Nightmare on Elm Street kind of like a half check because it does have a female protagonist. She's awful, and I hate her, but she does talk to like her mother and to other female characters about like Freddy Krueger, but like also about like. We can't sleep she's and there's a, danger. She's a pretty
1: like s- standard example of the last girl. Oh, yes. Yeah. is mm-hmm. what she is. Oh, and yeah. like, a lot of the horror movies will have a last girl and that's how they will pass the Bechtel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, we keep this one lady alive so that we can look and, like we're woke. And, and she's, well, she's a very specific
1: type of woman, too. Like, the last girl trope, if you're not already familiar with it and you're listening to this, is like. She is usually very androgynous. Her name is androgynous, you know, like a Sydney (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like something like that. And she doesn't have any sex during the course of the movie, unlike the women who do get killed. That's the thing. She's brunette and she's safe and like she's pretty enough that everyone agrees she's pretty, but But not not, sexy. Yes. Because she's not the Rose McGowan, right? With like the tits out, and then everybody feels like is she prettier than me? She's prettier than me. I hate she her. She should
0: die. <laughs> no, I should be alive. It's so
2: interesting the way that it's just like set up totally. Like Yeah, no, definitely. We definitely,
0: I, okay, I won't say we, I won't put us both on there, but I definitely hated her. And I definitely have this, this nagging hate for Nightmare Down Elm Street, just for like plot and just like. I'm just not buying the narrative that was given to me. We have a whole episode about it. Uh, that was episode three, Nightmares. Uh, we did give Child's Play a check because the mother is the protagonist in that, and she's like the strong mother that's like, I'm backing my kid, and I'm like going She's like not that up.
2: strong, though. She's also fucking nuts.
0: I mean, she doesn't like have to fight like, a, a doll. She is a psycho exclusive. For a person that <laughs> just is saying. just believing their son that a doll is evil... Like, that takes a lot of just, like, mental hoops that you have to jump through and to, like, just be that solid in it. And, like, the fact that she, like, kind of steers, like, the detective, like, no, listen, I know that you want logic to this, but this is a situation. But she does pass because she does talk to her friend about, like, motherhood and stuff. And also, like, buying this toy. So, she... Passes the Bechdel test. So I want to just say a
1: thing real fast. Was like um, a few years ago, I posited like another further classification within the Bechtel. So you know, it's like two women with names speaking to each other about something other than a man. Um, but then the things that I would also add, just to see, because again, they're they're like pretty good patterns of this. Are they m- mothers or daughters? Because if you add that to it, then all of a sudden it's like nothing counts. Like almost no movies pass. Yeah. Because women will still exist in those roles yeah. they don't exist mm-hmm. as like it's independent operators yeah, yeah. They re-
0: that is a thing mm-hmm. oh my gosh yes and then in that they're always moms yeah they're yeah. always
1: moms or like you know if you go Disney with them they're like they exist as someone's daughter first and yeah. foremost and you definitely not, know who their parents are or mm-hmm. they're like they're an usually evil dead. old Their parents are dead. Or a, king
0: like, or a king you know she's an like evil witch who's ugly and ghastly and does not have a husband oh. because she's a oh oh villain and she's like painful to the beautiful woman
1: but shout out to Ursula who is the best drag queen ever she is
0: honestly the greatest (laughs) so back to our list uh we had exorcisms and there's one where we did the last exorcism but it was very much like her whole thing was like is she being raped by her dad was she raped by this guy at church was she raped by this pastor the whole thing is just like rape 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 Women are raped. That's a thing. Like then now, it makes yeah. you
2: crazy. When you're raped, you're crazy. Like There's, that's literally the entire plot of the movie. Yes, it was, I mean, and exorcism,
0: she has a demon baby. Like, exorcism it's like no. horror in general is it's just rape, honestly, Of and, your soul. So yeah,
1: yeah, it's a yeah, it's a really thinly veiled metaphor. Yeah, and a lot of this, a lot of horror, is thinly veiled metaphors for sexuality. And like, I think that it's also worth noting, like all the all the poltergeist stories mm-hmm. are effectively. um Metaphors for fear about the way that, like, when a little girl in a family starts reaching puberty, the way that it affects the dynamic of the family, mm-hmm. and that no one will speak on it directly. But the fact that she is starting, like, she'll start having boobs or, like, in any way express any sort of sexual interest in anything, like, the whole family loses their goddamn minds, but they can't say why. And so, poltergeist historically, this like that concept always circle around some young girl. And it's always like, well, you know, shit's just moving. You know, just things yeah, are just in different places. Are different, and it's like, yeah. stuff is just we can't. Just, everything's I never weird. Saw, you're smart.
0: Well, we have,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
2: everything she's saying is like super well, interesting. This is why she's
0: here. It's, <laughs> it's like blowing so my mind where i'm like
2: minds. thinking of movies in ways i had never thought well, about we them have this whole and that's just really cool epiphany. can we be best friends like i'm just gonna I say we already we're,
0: we're, already we're already all we're best. best. Friends. okay all i'm saying is you're, you're really initiated. cool continue me. but we had this kind of epiphany in the haunting of connecticut because in the real story it's the aunt who or the mom who has like her son has cancer and he's sick and he's acting out because mm-hmm. of this and his cousin comes to live with them and she's like a young girl and there's this whole kind of scenario where she kind of like says something is happening and like the way that like the 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 mother tried to perceive it was like oh there's ghosts or whatever but what we were kind of seeing it is like he was acting out and abusing her and it was very much like he was doing a lot that like she later came out and was like there was abuse happening and so it was kind of her way of trying to be like something is wrong here and instead of taking it exactly as being like okay we need to get him out of the house because he's like you know acting out and hurting her it was like we need to get him out of the house because ghosts, ghosts so yeah. he's dying like, yeah. Yeah. We like, yeah we definitely watching like not the movie because like it, it was nothing but like watching kind of the the real interviews and stuff we were like well this is very much like a metaphor for this situation that's happening and the fact that they're struggling with the a, fact a, that the son is dying and the he's acting to, out Well, and the inability for families to address
1: like incest and sexual abuse because like it is one of those unspoken things. You can't name it, right? Mm -hmm. And so like it's it's something else. It definitely won't be the fact that it our family member is doing something like that. Yeah. It can't be that. So it must be yes. Demons. Demons. Demons.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's it's the ghost. The ghost made me do it. It's it's not gonna hold up in court. Uh we did pass (laughs) exorcism of Emily Rose because. The the protagonist is a female lawyer who stands by the girl who is possessed and it's in this way to kind of like she I mean she's she's trying to pass for this uh priest who mm-hmm. ultimately hurt her. Mm-hmm. Um so that one passed. Amityville horror. So the old one Disgusting. She just so she's much. dressed as a child. We definitely talked about this. It. She had pigtails. I hate she's literally wearing it like so a schoolgirl much. skirt at one point where she like drops her leg. Like just like, like why would you want to sexualize fucking children? I'm sorry. She's wearing this like. A silky white robe where she's not wearing anything under it and it's just like right by the nips just like dangled like just that and she's always like oh no my my husband that I that married me thankfully even though I have three kids before him uh is acting out and is abusing us but it must be the house so we gave 10 points to the for having um Thomason as our protagonist and just being this girl that's just like why like yeah I'm gonna fuck with you guys because what are you talking about and having like her even having a relationship with her mother um is some is just like really something women can kind of relate to and then also like the witches having like the power um Blair Witch failed because <laughs> there's one lady and she's just hysterical the whole time I really
1: don't just like it. Not coming out of her nose.
0: No. yes and so then um I kind of want to talk about so Typical roles that women are reduced to in horror films. So we've touched on the final girl. Um, we have the blonde victim, which is kind of this, like, parallel to the final girl. So you were saying, like, this, you know, brunette, safe, like, chastised girl. Whereas the opposing thing is you have the blonde victim that's, like, over-sexualized, the blonde, bo- Definitely blonde bombshell. Definitely see her boobs. Yes. You have, um, like, when we watched Urban Legends, it was Tara Reeves character, mm-hmm. obviously. Or... Um, in any of the f- films that we've watched previously, anytime it's like, this is blonde, sexualized creature who's had sex, obviously uh, dies in this like horrific way. Um, Cause that's her punishment for giving up her virginity. And then we also have the femme fatale. So it's like, it's not just that you're, you can survive and that you're living through this. It's like, there's also this, this villainous woman, That's like danger, you know. She's
1: more likely to be queer too, yeah, because she will at some point indicate bisexuality by doing something Mm overtly sexual to a female character, and we're like, "Oh, you're evil!" Yes,
2: (laughs) like literally, like it's (laughs) like God forbid. She, like, kiss a girl, and
1: then it's, like, traumatizing instead of, like... I mean, okay. this is... Because <laughs> like, that's has really, no like, rules. it's... She has no rules. She's the evil. This is also, like, based in the way that, like... So, representation of LGBT people in film very much echoes the way that people were being discussed in the real world. And the concept of, like, the bisexual serial killer or the lesbian serial killer, and, like, we can definitely talk about some phenomenal examples, like the representations in horror films are not unlike the way that like it has actually been in the real world where it's like lgbt representation starts out as like they don't exist all in general like there's just nobody in any in anything and then you go to villain mm-hmm. and then you have villain for a while and then it starts getting to be Okay, you could be our friend. You can like you can be the tag along friend, and this oh, is yeah. marginalized people in general. This is how the people are represented so in film tag, in the tag order order. friend. So, yeah. yeah, you're the Even villain,
0: with, like the black women. You're the tag along. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. And then you you get further and further along the spectrum till actual human representation. Yeah, yeah. So in horror, like LGBT folks, people of color, etc., have have gone through this through this whole cycle, and there will be the day where you can be gay and do all the fucking and still live through a horror movie.
0: Yeah, and still be the hero at the end of the day. Uh, But in horror films, you have these femme fatales that are like just these dangerous, independent women who can stand on their own, and that's dangerous. Um, We have this kind of trope that's sex equals death, and it's highlighted specifically in Scream, which we're gonna talk about um later in the episode. But kind of this idea that women losing their, their virginity, their honor, uh therefore dooms them to death. So it's just kind of like le- learn this, ladies. Like if you give out your flower to any old person But it's you're only dead. women. It's only yes. women. virginity yeah, is men. only a it's honored
2: if you're a man. Fuck everything.
0: Yeah. They don't die. Yeah, the men don't die if they have sex. And if, if anything, they probably live. Virginity
1: is, as a concept, like one of the just just the fact that we even use that term uh-huh. is one of the biggest like heists. They're, they're like self perpetuated heists. That yeah. there are. I prefer the term sexual debut because it's not like you <laughs> lost like, shit. You no. didn't lose a goddamn you're thing. Just you just not started welcome. doing a thing that's that you're gonna probably do again. You yeah, know? welcome. Like, virginity is not like <laughs> it's not a tangible thing. Like hymen's have nothing to do with it. And like it's this super phallocentric centric idea because like if if you're if you're gay, like do you never lose your virginity, right? Like, yeah. And it's like this, this idea well, that like... you who
0: only do anal because they're like, I'll keep yeah. my virginity like for a Jesus. penis
1: is so powerful, is so powerful just that if it touches you. you for any amount of a time in the right spot, You're done. You're it doesn't changed. even have to like get you off for any amount of time. <laughs> it doesn't even do you just it. just have done. to be there. You are fundamentally changed as a person. Your value is different. This whole concept of virginity is just to be like, I swear to God, penises are important. I t- I'm just telling you because... Yeah.
0: God said, I'm just, just God telling said you. God yeah. said that we're important and that you're owned by your dad until you're owned by your husband, and that's just how it is. And all of this, and all of this, like, I mean, I'm going to go. It's my goat. Um, but we have a lot of uh, horror films that have strong female leads. So you have like Carrie. So we'll also talk about that in a Stephen King episode. You have The Descent, which is just a bunch of ladies fighting for their lives. Uh, we talked about The, the Um, And the the genre kind of has moved from having this, this trip of victimizing women and now fo- focusing them as being survivors and protagonists or moving away from like traditional slasher films uh which is kind of like we're not thinking when we make films so like get out is yeah, being smart about yeah you know, logical doing. so like uh specifically it follows which oh will my god definitely have its own episode I I mean, like it, it probably follows. won't even have a topic it'll just be like it's it so follows stressful. just like we'll have get out as its own one uh but it's just this this amazing discussion on rape culture and just like usually a woman has you know, sex, and then, like, she's dead. And it does start with her having sex and just, like, having fun, and then it turns into this, like, she's not. <laughs> and uh her kind of being followed by this stigma and by this, like, haunt- that was that experience Um, and her in a way overcoming that and having people who were with her and kind of like doing that. And also I think kind of mirrors uh, people's struggles with like STDs as well, I think. Oh yeah. Um, And kind of just like the stick of, of sex and it's following you and it's just like always there behind Mm -hmm. you. Anyone you've
2: ever had sex
1: with follows you for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. And it's just there and it's, it doesn't have a face. Fascinating too. Like the way that we (sighs)
1: put this particular um, like weight, on sexual activity, is though like we don't shake hands with people and touch objects that other people touch. Like it's this one particular magic thing, yep, <laughs> where all of a sudden it's it's imbued with some something different. Like I don't know. I think like I think it's really interesting. Like as a person who studies sex, and like I obviously find it incredibly pleasurable to think about and talk about and do, etc. And like I obviously think it's super valuable, but at the same time, completely overvalued. Because the the thing about sexuality is it's it's much like a conversation. It can mean so incredibly much or it can be absolutely fucking nothing and you're just passing time. Yeah. And it doesn't have a yeah. singular purpose or 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 weight. And it's, it's like what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And the moment that we culturally get that, that like it is just a means of communication. Yeah. We
0: will We'll be free. Jettison honestly. so much
1: garbage. <laughs> free.
0: Yeah. I think If we can kind of get past that in in films in general, not even just horror films, that we'll be able to tell real stories. Um, And it doesn't have to be metaphors anymore. Um, But I wanted Kat to kind of touch on some uh, badass female leads in horror films. Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously, Alien. (gasps) Yes. We're just like kick. And she's
1: not she's not even a mom. Correct. Am I wrong?
0: Well, well so she, she is, but she her is. daughter dies. Yeah, and then there's like later. And then she has newt. She does or not. Yeah. You know? but, but I mean, like, I,
1: I, Alien in general is a metaphor for pregnancy and motherhood. Yeah. And like, the Zenith. And like designed them to be super feminine in the way that they are called mother. And, yeah. Yeah. And she's yeah. cool
0: and she impregnates you in your face.
1: <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is like also a metaphor for male rape, too, because it's like, yeah. like, oh no, it doesn't just happen to women. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
2: like, the babies can be inside of the men and mm-hmm. explode out well, them very stress. dramatically yeah, and stress. stressfully. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then just, like, two very strong female presences that are just, like, fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. Left, right, and otherwise, and all the men die. Right,
0: and otherwise, all
2: the men die. Yeah, robots. And she's Every the single was, like, one. Spitting, like
0: truth, like the whole time she's like, you know, something's wrong. We need to be strategic, and they're like, whoop, whoop, they're whoop fucking mansplaining who the, we're the shit out of everything. You're yeah. Just like, oh, silly you. And it's like, no,
2: you're all gonna die, and I'm gonna just <laughs> sit here and fucking laugh, you assholes. And then they're all dead, and she fucking lives. But it's just like I think in general, like I mean, I wouldn't classify. Terminator, necessarily like sci-fi horror, I guess maybe, but like just like strong women, mm-hmm. just like really like badass women, and then they're just like fucking shit up. So like Alien, new, like, yes, yes, Resident Evil, Resident Evil. yeah, there. and she's just like a badass. Is anything? She's like a loner. She's always a, like, she's like, Microsoft I can't like have that. love. I just am this.
0: Yeah, like we she's have just, to like, survive. Can we just stop? Survive like, for yeah, a can minute? we just
2: like? It's not fucking about that can you just up. shut the fuck up like everyone i love is dead <laughs> and it's about goddamn survival and you just don't fucking touch me like that's what she like, i yeah. really like her and she's love. just like you're gonna follow me look at all the things i know i'm gonna do all these like cool acrobatic kicks and shit and like fuck everyone up and like you think you're cool, but I'm better than you because I'm a lady.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I just like drop kick yeah. the fuck
2: out of all the zombies. Mm-hmm. they got all that yeah. Thing. So yeah, like women in horror, like they're either portrayed as like the best thing or they're the worst thing, and it's like it sucks that there's not much of a middle ground in yeah. between that. Where like you either have like that really strong fucking shit up woman who like doesn't fit like the regular like I guess gender roles and mm-hmm. is like kind of like fit or like tough and like telling you to shut up and like running around with your shirt off and you're falling at fucking everywhere.
0: Yeah. Like do the Aah! backwards like crawl thing. I can't even like
2: stand. I'm that <laughs> distraught. Yeah. I just appreciate it when women are badass and they don't fucking need anyone to save them are just doing their fucking thing. Yeah. It needs to happen more.
0: It's getting there. Film, yeah, films. Yeah, film. Yeah, films. We watch some films. So, we watched some stuff. So, we watched Scream. We've watched it. It's a thing that we have watched. Everyone's it's seen on right now. If you haven't, it's very honestly, stressful. if you haven't seen Scream, what are you even doing listening to this podcast? Because I feel like that just really needs to be like 101 for yeah, horror like What movies. was your life? Because it, it, one, it turned this kind of whole uh, horror genre around and allowed us to be like, "Wow, we've just been doing like the same thing. It's been very stereotypical. It's been very stupid. It's just like hash slash like women dying, men suck, serial killers, whatever." Uh, and it just really called it out And in a very like classy way that was, like it's a meta analysis Yes, instead yeah. of it just being like hokey the way you have like um scary movie where it's just like we just make fun just in the whole way it was like no like this is a horror movie it is scary and there are things that we're struggling with <laughs> um but it's also like let's take a a hard look and then still follow those rules like even in the second one where like there's gonna be more blood and it's not so much like we're not doing that it's just like this is what be prepared we're gonna state it as it's happening yeah this is gonna be our existence
1: like yeah scream not only like describes the tropes that it is making fun of as it does them, but it it calls out stuff that that other places were not necessarily willing to point out. Like, it it speaks on um, how... Like, for instance, the second screen movie starts with Jada Pinkett Smith and... um, Is it Omar Epps? Is that who she's on a date with? Um, They're, like, going to the film... So it's like extra meta, yeah, it was like and then talking about like this, this whack thing and like Staff. these dumb white ladies, and then they are still like spoiler alert killed within like ten minutes of the movie yes, starting. First so people to die. It like still does all the things, but yeah, like you said, like it 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 at least calls it all the way out, and and then you have like later iterations of things like this, like Cabin in the Woods, where mm-hmm. they they go more full bore yeah. into it, but.
0: Yeah, and you and you have them labeled even as like those trope characters, you know, mm-hmm. and you have like, oh, this is a comedic relief and he's the guy who's like don't read the latin. And it's funny, but it's also like we're enjoying that we're we're learning from it. And it allows like I feel like it just like, gets to like cut us away from like the old way that we did film and horror film and now we're like, okay, we can be smart about it. And it kind of gave us gave way to things like Get Out and things like that where we can and be it's a Hollywood Critical. movie like yeah. it's got at the time it was like Drew Barrymore you know like yeah Courtney
1: Cox in it that's crazy <laughs> yes you know so it was like it was also that it was taking a horror from being like only this like B schlock because it had you know it, it had always existed in that way with B horror movies but to have like mainstream famous people in a horror movie is still super rare up until this point
0: oh yeah and like in, in Nev Campbell and Susie Ulrich were in craft together Mm -hmm. and so they were both kind of like like side characters and that film like seeing them together and seeing like their ability gave them these starring roles now and so kind of like seeing the the growth and and also seeing like sydney um as this protagonist that's just like my mom died and she was just the stereotypical she was murdered because she was a slut kind of like trope and now i have to like fight against it um but for anyone who doesn't know what scream is i guess i'll tell you about it but you're (laughs) you are a loser so i'm sorry that you're listening uh so (laughs) (laughs) scream is about a freight mass knife maniac that stalks high school students in middle class suburbia um it provides both tension and self-parody as the body count mounts but the victims aren't always the ones you'd expect uh something that's very specific about uh scream is that there are presented to you the rules of horror films So uh, is it Jamie Kennedy tells you... Oh, so, Jamie Kennedy! Uh, I'll be right you, back. <laughs> Yes, the uh, the rules of horror films. So you may not survive the movie if you have sex. So there's this whole thing where Sydney, our protagonist, keeps getting tempted by her ultra hot boyfriend Skeet uh, oh. to have sex, and it's this whole thing, and it's she's this so pivotal hot thing, for no and it's reason. like and she's like, I, "No, I don't want to," and he's just like, "Why? I'm, I love you. You don't love me." total I cliche that we've all been thing. there we've all been there uh, it's not about that he's a yeah. terrible boyfriend like yes. let's
1: just cut to the chase he's a terrible boyfriend he also only has been conspiring this whole to time her. to murder
0: her spoiler alerts if you haven't watched Scream what is wrong with you so just you're in it he's the killer the whole time <laughs> <laughs> and you have uh, was it Matthew Matthew Lillard Lillard who I just had like She's the biggest crush on yeah Oh well, yeah, tell her. Off. he was uh, the Dax Shepherd fucking, of them. Yes, I loved him, and any any time he popped up later, I was like, "Yep, I'm in it." And there he is, Shaggy. I don't care. This is a terrible Scooby Doo movie. I'm in it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he. So don't have sex. So there's a point where she does, and then well, now she's all fair game to have sex or to to die because she had sex. Um, you may not sur- survive the movie if you drink or do drugs, which mm-hmm. is this kind of like with Halloween uh, or. Um, Friday Thirteen, where it's like you know the kids are just having sex and doing drugs and not paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing, so they get killed by this hack slasher. Um, and you might not survive the movie if you say "I'll be right back," "Hello," or "Who's there," which is like a wonderful trope that happens in all like just like don't. Of course, you're not always going to know you're in a horror movie, but Jamie Kennedy co- totally got it. Um, and this is just like a, a classic film that really, again, it turned the head on on all of horror movies and allowed us to kind of just be like wow that was really dumb let's do something different (laughs) um and kind of release us from the strain of like classic horror films which are they serve a purpose and we respect them for existing (laughs) and allowing like horror to exist now um but i'm so glad we're not stuck there well, it's also
1: like the way that horror exists is inherently countercultural, right? It has to be to some degree because it is violent. It is one of the genres that won't do well if it's not R-rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's also some of the most conservative of all like art out there. Um, it is the genre in which you're most likely to see a Catholic priest. Mm -hmm. You know, in many ways, it's like it's the most conservative, and everybody gets, you know, punished for everything that they do that's a sin, and blah, blah, blah. blah. But horror functions as this like release valve for us culturally, and so it has to change as the culture changes. And Mm -hmm. for horror to work, it has to work on two different levels it has to work on the proximal level, which is that the thing that's going to kill you the claw mm-hmm. the disease the you know the giant blob whatever it has to work on that level but then it also has to work on this like metaphorical level what taps into something in the zeitgeist and so what is scary changes and so you see in like the 1950s these giant creatures that are attacking cities and that doesn't resonate with us in the same way now but at the time it was like nuclear it's, waste mm-hmm. it's the threat of world war 2 it is you know for someone in europe and someone in uh in asia it is like literally the war was happening in your on your turf it is it is nuclear power we don't know what it's going to do but that doesn't resonate with us now and like cloverfield was interesting because it did this whole like found footage thing that we we liked but we're not scared of giant monsters anymore because they're like we would have fucking found them we have science yeah you yeah, like, would we would have known that they exist yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like it, it works it's on a different level. Level. but like horror movies have to keep adapting and and one of the things that like why vampires and zombies stick around is they keep changing what they what they symbolize and you know sexuality is always this undercurrent and all of this sort of stuff and so it represents what we think about sex at the time mm-hmm. and that is that's i don't know that's the the beautiful thing is you could see what is happening culturally based on what we will Uh, we will show fear and and like Rosemary's baby as an example of like one of the rare things where we come straight out and say like, pregnancy is really scary. Your body's not entirely your own and it's, you're super vulnerable and you know, body horror stuff that, um, that very much resonates with everybody. If, if given the chance to like explore that, but the rest of the world we have to pretend, no, it's great. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's the most magical time.
0: Yeah. You're going to be, you're glowing. Because there's,
1: like, nothing that happens in a horror movie that is worse than what's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that is the yeah. fucking real piece of it, is, yeah. like, we have to, like, dress it up in claws and zombies and that kind of stuff. But, like, the real-life stuff that we allow to happen... Yeah. It's fucking scary. So much worse,
0: yeah. Yeah. Another thing that we watched, just to kind of talk about ladies specifically, uh, was the craft so um, this one I'll let you off the hook if you haven't seen it because I hadn't really like, the first strategically it seen it. I've definitely seen it in passing. Uh, but... The crafts. So, here's a summary. After transferring to a Los Angeles high school, Sarah finds that her telekinetic gift appeals to a group of three wannabe witches who happen to see to happen to be seeking a fourth member for their rituals, because they need north, south, east, west. Uh, Bonnie, Rochelle, and Nancy, like Sarah herself, all have troubled backgrounds, which, combined with their uh, powers, lead to dangerous consequences. When a minor spell causes a fellow student to lose her hair, the girls grow power mad so this is when we're seeing Nev Campbell who's Sydney and Scream in this kind of like passive role as this girl who is a burn victim and is very s- self-conscious about her body and then later kind of gets cured from that because of Manon who's this demon who makes her beautiful now she's like a cocky bitch which is like why couldn't she just well, like be comfortable okay. in her skin also the funny thing is like okay Nev Campbell
1: at her worst in that film like just has to wear a lot of sweaters
0: yeah you know <laughs> was like, be <laughs> a Like, yes. do you, you don't have any concept of what it's like to be like ugly even yeah. average looking. Yeah. You had some skin stuff. And it was on her back. It was like in a place that like you're not going to see. It was see like, you, you would, would have
2: people. to be naked to see it. And yeah. Like,
0: I don't mean
1: to diminish the pain of people who yes. have severe skin problems. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, you fucking serious with this yes. shit it's like it's It's also that like she's all that thing where it's like all you gotta do yeah. is take off the glass glasses and take the hair down and oh all she's oh. oh my god yes.
0: she was beautiful oh the whole god. time she it's has a ponytail you. and
1: glasses that's
2: fucking crazy now she's beautiful yeah, it's it's all within god. you
0: all the time ladies if you didn't know um. Called there's also confidence. like the crazy girl who's like. <laughs> there's this like she's one so line. She was talking very scary. She's I forget her name right now. She's real um, gonna be
2: like psycho.
0: But she's from. um it was great. She was in Waterboy and she's the like Mama says she's the devil because Mama said everyone's the devil. But the Bulk. <laughs> Are we talking about the Bulk? Yes. Yes. Oh my
1: god. Yeah, Ball can get it. Yeah.
0: There yeah, so there's like this one scene with Rochelle, the the token black girl who uh there's like super racism happening and I really oh god, enjoyed yeah. the subtle use of the word negroid and Kat brought up a point where she was like I feel like that was possibly a request from the actress to not have to say the actual n-word so oh she was god, like I'll yeah. just say this kind of like it's still like obviously a it's problem but I don't want to say it. But it's
2: not quite- Yeah, because it
0: was very awkward. Like, she's like, oh, because she's a Negro right? And it's like, okay. And they're like talking about her hair. Um, But there's this, like, this scenario with her shell that was kind of funny to me. And I also was like, wow. Uh, Where they're all kind of getting their wishes. So they all kind of, like, pray to this demon. And, like, one, the girl's hair's falling out. The other girl, her skin is clearing up. The other one, the the guy's in love with her. And so then that, the one girl is mad because her wish hasn't come true and Rochelle is like, she wished that she wouldn't be white trash anymore and I said like girl, get over it or whatever and it's just like, kind of like this parallel that I've always kind of drawn between like, white trash, like lower white population like poverty uh-huh. and like black population of being like kind of on this similar level where Rochelle's like no we're already underprivileged we already have to live like this like you just kind of got to get it because like she gets re- revenge on this one girl but it wasn't like I'm gonna get revenge on all of like racism but like this white woman's like oh I'm poor and like that's a problem for me and so, so kind I of like fighting it yeah. What's-
1: What's specific about her situation and the way that it gets changed, though, is that she she thinks all of her problems stem from the fact that, like, her mom is married to this trashy dude, and so, like. Spoiler alert, he dies Uh and they get this insurance check. And so all their problems are solved, right? Because like all their problems are apparently economic. Yeah. And the presence of this dude and like ultimately like being reliant upon this dude.
0: Yeah, but then it's like... Clearly, the mother is still Oh, She her still mother. sucks. Yeah. yeah, and like they have they have prettier <laughs> she's not things. Any better? Of them all. Yeah, exactly. Like they still have her pretty, practicality have and things. purchasing things is not there. Yeah, she bought that whole jukebox box, which is playing one artist that like links to her kind of childhood, and it has this status symbol. But it's like clearly she hasn't like repaired this relationship with her mother because her mother wants to hang out. And she's like, no, get out of here. So there's like obviously this kind of like. There's these deep rooted issues that she definitely just saw like one band aid to go over it and it's not gone and that's why she kind of like more or less becomes evil Um, but it's it it was a really interesting film to see in the horror genre where you have these four women and they're both protagonists and antagonists and it's that whole like monkey's paw thing where it's like you know be careful what you wish for Um, and that everything comes back three times and it's also this kind of uh, trope that was happening in the 90s where you had lady driven films like uh, jawbreaker, or where's the one where they like, Rob the bake the <gasps> cheerleaders.
1: Oh my god, what is that called?
0: Sugar and spice? Yeah, there was just this whole trope where there's like ladies who oh, are doing something yeah, badass and that? then one of them takes it too far and the other ones are just kinda going with it, and then the one girl's like, Wait, no, I was a nerd before and I was a loner <laughs> and you guys prettied me up and now I'm fighting back kind of thing, and that mm-hmm. happens in Jawbreaker. But Do there that. was like this thing that was happening in the nineties and early two thousands where it's like, let's get a gang of ladies. They all have the same tropes, it's like you got the nerdy one, you got probably a black one uh, <laughs> she doesn't have a specific role like she just is the black one yeah. and then you have the spunky like the girl who probably shouldn't be the leader and is super bitter and then when she gets power like abuses it and then you have the outsider who like will retaliate because the other girls are like following her and it was just this thing and that's definitely what the craft was um, and it kind of sucks because it was like we're just putting ladies into the show and it kind of feeds off of that whole idea of like I don't want to be one of the girls because like I don't want to be like other girls Cause that's what happens. It's dangerous when all these girls are together and they get yeah, too it much It's just kind of like girl
2: on girl hate. Oh yeah. Which I just think is like all the time a thing. It's like, Oh, she's pretty. I hate her.
0: Yeah. It was so it's like, she
2: can be fucking pretty. It's fine. You're pretty too. <laughs> just fucking be pretty everyone. Oh, or like, just be confident. Like, It drives me crazy. Like, you're watching something and you're like, I hate her. She's too pretty. And it's like, no. She's just fucking existing. Everyone's pretty in their own fucking way. Relax. And also the whole... And that's what that
1: movie is. The the whole thing with Skeet Ulrich is the idea like she wants him to love her but for some reason that manifests as him like completely disrespecting her as a person and yes. trying to rape her. And, like
0: trying to rape her. Yeah. How, how
1: did she get her wish exactly? Because if she wanted love she did not get that. His she whole thing is like we atten- need to be one. Want she wanted like a attention. desire for uh, like Kindness, kindness, possession. Yeah. Like yeah.
0: she got his, she got his attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- what really irked me about that specifically was like, why did she want it? Like he clearly showed himself to just be like a, douchebag. Like he's spreading these rumors about her that like she was like I don't want to do anything and then well, he spread that whole, lies that they had she's sex. She's still a no, teenage girl. girl. Yeah, but there's exactly. that whole like I can shit.
2: change him yeah. mentality that women are just like constantly put into that like we can fix what's wrong with
1: him. And if I had supernatural powers when I was 15 I would have wished for some dumb ass shit too. Oh, yeah
2: yeah it was just like you can fix him if he has feelings for you he maybe he'll be better. Oh man, And
0: let me and tell like, you that that's the
2: idea. And then, like, then he becomes fucking obsessive, as you would if, like, you have irrational love feelings. And he's like, I want to be one with you. We're one person. We're one skin. Yes. Ew. Yeah, like, that's what it was, though. Like, that's why it was so creepy and obsessive. He's like, I need to be, like, the same as you.
0: And well, that's, like, Well, listen to any ladies out there, any young girls if you're listening one, I don't, know how you got listening. To, yeah, I don't know how you got to this. <laughs> Sorry it for is all the curse words. Explicit. I'm not. We talk, I, I hope you listen. I do. We've <laughs> always fuck. said, we've always said that one, we hope you listen Two. if you make a podcast, I will listen to it. I want to say I will be a number one fan. However, if you're listening, like you are not going to fix the broken boy do not read twilight or watch twilight and uh, use that as a mode to fuck st- love, you cannot fix twilight. it and if a boy tells you that he is dangerous take his word for it just take his word for it and also don't let him sneak into your window at night and i learned that the hard way so we're gonna move on to our next segment feelings yeah feelings yeah i said feelings let's talk about feelings okay It will be Final Girl, if you don't like it, if you're opposed. And Femme Fatale, if you're all about it, because those are the good ones. Uh, Because it's the ones we like to watch. Like, Final Girl, yeah, we'll deal. But, so, talking about overall the category of ladies in horror films, and just kind of like the evolution, and what we're going at. uh, Kat, how do you feel? Final Girl or Femme Fatale? I feel like Femme Fatale, and
2: like, when they do it right. Like, I'm just like so fucking happy that there's like strong ladies out there who are like, I'm who I am and fuck you. Yes. And it makes me very happy. Because that's how I feel I am now <laughs> in my current form.
0: And very
1: So we're talking like, hov- like overall, overall. Okay. just
0: this genre of ladies.
1: <sighs> I mean, I think that if I'm going to assess the landscape, it's
0: Spinal Girl.
1: Mm. Like, but we like, still have
0: a place we still have a ways to go
1: oh for sure that's that's my assessment of like what is bearing served to us yeah what is available
0: yeah and I think for me there's like this this kind of femme fatale in that I've always been so interested in horror and it was always Mm -hmm. this kind of like conflict within myself where I was like that weird kid that was like oh this is a horror kid like she always loves horror movies she's like the zombie one she loves zombies she's always the one making us watch these crazy things and then like what like kind of trying to understand why and, like, a part of that is, like, when I was doing research for this episode, was, like, oh, there are these, like, really powerful women, and there's, like, all this, like, thought that's going into it, and not even knowing, like, subconsciously that I was taking all that in. And so, for me, it's kind of, like, this femme fatale of me having this, like, realization. It's, like, that's why I was drawn to this, and that's why I was drawn to certain, like, action films, um, as opposed to, like, romance, or, like, comedy, or, like, family films, anything that, like, most people... Are, are like into, I was like, nah, I'm gonna go watch people get like hacked up and murdered. Uh, I'm gonna watch like a uh, thing go through Paris Hilton's head in <laughs> like the, um, what was that, the the Wax House of Wax. The House of wax. Right. Uh, watching that a million times. So like, it kind of like put things in perspective for me of like, it's not the only reason why I really enjoy horror. There's a lot, and we've kind of talked about that, but it was like finding this. This realization that that is a part, and I just didn't know it was just kind of there. So there's a there's a little bit of femme out and I do believe that there is a lot of work for us to do. But yeah. I think that there are films like um, you know yeah. Scream, and then it follows, and others that are allowing us to have this platform now, and we have the the ability to make these remarks that we didn't before.
2: Yeah, and I feel like in general, it's like you're on one end or the other of the spectrum, and it's we have so much room to grow. But at the same time, there's lots of ways where, like, horror, there are women in the horror genre that, like, you can just relate to so much.
0: Yeah.
2: Or you don't relate to them at fucking all. And it's like, I think once we find a middle ground, that's when we'll be making, like, some progress. But, like, as its current form, you're either on one end or on the other. I think I agree that there's a lot of room to grow, that, like, there's ways that women are perceived in horror films and all films in general that like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made. There's so many like tropes and stereotypical things that happen that are just like, honestly, like I'm sure they're relatable to somebody, but like, they're just very unrelatable and like what is expected of us to be, or there's that. I'm going to fucking kill everybody here.
0: All the rules are out.
2: Or, like, like Alien Words is like, listen to me. You're Stop sitting there whining. like,
0: fucking listen to me. I have
2: thoughts. <laughs> I have things to say.
0: But also going on, uh, how we feel about these films that we chose. So we chose Scream and The Craft. So kind of, is it Final Girl? Is it Femme Fatale? How do you feel about these two films we chose?
2: I mean, for The Craft, I was pissed off most of it. Because I was just like
0: they are too stereotypical stereotypical but also
2: just like women like hatred towards each other it just makes me really mad like we're too smart for this like stupid shit yeah I was so mad throughout the entire movie just because it was like very clicky and just like Mm -hmm. you're in this together like why all of a sudden is this one girl who's like actually fucking real like kind of the enemy suddenly because she's trying to be a person and that there was no empathy like when the girl's hair was falling out
0: and I think for me I think it's kind of like
2: heartless women thing yeah like, I didn't enjoy that but I think it's it. also
0: like this thing of people like women aren't always these like beautiful flowers that like are innocent and forgiving and so it's kind of more like this commentary on like people and like yeah. if you're a 15 16 year old girl and you're struggling with these things like you're struggling with racism you're struggling with this like body dysmorphia mm-hmm. you're struggling with like poverty and like abuse at home and you're struggling with like you're you like killed quote unquote your mother when you were coming out and now you like have attempted to kill yourself so you have all these like really real issues that you're addressing and now you have this power to like erase it and get clean slate and of course you're like learning a lesson because like you can't do that and the lesson is like you have to live with these scars you have to live with these like battle wounds you cannot get
2: rid of the scars they're not just gone so i
0: definitely like related in that it was like these are all real girls and that if any one of us at that vulnerable part of our childhood were given the opportunity to like fix it or erase it or take revenge on those people that hurt us because everything was so big all your emotional our emotions are like everything like Everything's the worst, everything's the best. That's it. Like your love is the only love you're ever gonna know. This is the end of the world. And that's so, high school, yep. yeah. High schoolers are terrifying. Yes, exactly. So I definitely related in and when you kinda of put yourself in there, for me it was femme fatal and that like it was very real like that's definitely what would have happened no teenage girl is gonna I be guess. like okay but i'll do something think, safe honestly i think it's <laughs> that like i had such a negative high school experience
2: that was similar in that way where it was just like we're best friends except just kidding now everyone hates each other like it just sucked
0: <laughs> no yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Like, it's
2: real but it also was just like oh yeah why is everything awful?
0: But I, I, no, I'm okay, going to say... I'm going to go with... I just want to be nice <laughs> and be friends. Why the fuck? My vote is film for both Craft and Scream, because Scream is just this pivotal uh, film in the horror genre, and has always been enjo- enjoyable to me. And even, like, the crazy franchise, I have not seen Scream Queens, or... I've seen it. It's all right. I've seen maybe an episode, and then the Scream kind of TV show that happens, but we had somebody oh we were just on a uh, podcast uh like two days ago and he mentioned that there's a scream tv show and the the courtney cox character is actually a podcaster who's like reporting on the issues and i was like now i need to watch this because like one it's like cool that it's like modern but also like i relate to that (laughs) being able to talk about the truth so like for me scream is definitely femme fatal in that it is such a remarkable horror movie, and I really think kind of allowed us this freedom to kind of, like, talk strategically about what we're viewing um, and gave us, like, the ability to, like, make real stuff.
1: I'm going with femme Thetal just because they, they hold a very particular place for me, and I recognize where they exist in the timeline. So, like, if they came out today, they would be just very highly stylized, like, cute, like... Um, sort of like trope conscious, but where they existed and when they came out, there was nothing quite like that. And and craft is sort of the answer to clueless. Mm-hmm. And Scream is sort like of
0: Heather's as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then Scream is sort of like the answer to the entire eighties.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they they are responsive, and they are they are. Th- contemplative and they are made by people who are already in the industry and like, therefore can make fun of these tropes. Like we love like Wes Craven. Um, he made scream. Yeah. He's the same motherfucker who made those super problematic, like nightmare Mm -hmm. on Elm Street movies. So he's like in a place to say like, yeah, we did this and this is what we're doing and we're still doing it. But because we are in this like, I don't know. It's like a post-postmodern cynicism that is required of us in all of our media, where we just can't have unfettered joy, right? Like yeah. that's why K-pop never will really, really take over America. It's no Too America. happy. Taking yeah. over <laughs> <laughs> but like we we won't embrace joy. It has to be cynical, mm-hmm. and so these films are meta-analytical and they are critical of themselves. And in that way, like I appreciate that um, because. They're like, all right, it's dumb entertainment, but you'll still feel like you're thinking.
0: Yeah. And I think that's overall kind of what horror is. And it it for once is giving us this strategic look at women in film and just women in general uh, in ways that like you're not going to find in a stereotypical romance movie where it's just like, oh, I trip over everything and I'm cute and like. Oh, I'm I'm not pretty but she's like super gorgeous or like an action film where you have like the hardened action hero who's like the the serious one and she can't have fun and then if you make her smile then you clearly won everything including her like vagina so with horror you have like a scope of women you have this opportunity that you have like bad women you have weak women you have powerful women you have passive women you have got black women you got brown women you got white women, you got all of it and it's this opportunity to really kind of get this versatile uh group of women on screen that you aren't going to get in any other Genre. And it it definitely has a way to go. But I think, as far as like when we're kind of laying it all out, we're definitely ahead of the other genres and it's that i think that just doesn't mean that we should stop we should just keep going and we should keep that like energy and be like all right yeah now let's talk about this and let's have like horror movies where the black women are the heroes and let's have like horror movies where you know it's not like you're this victim and you have this tragic past and that's why you can do things and like really taking a strategic look and even talking about the fact that we can emote and that maybe we have men who are allowed to feel and like that's not like i
2: think men being allowed to feel would be a big thing i think we should I probably also do that just in general you know, and also just like feel.
0: i think it's good when the pretty women are still insecure because all fucking women are insecure in summation in summation. that not the tangent. If there's ever a place for women to feel strong and to feel heard and to feel powerful, the horror genre is the place to do it. And we just need to keep going with that and keep making really beautiful films. You know, with all that, we have to say to you, uh, don't get married. They'll eat your kids. Yeah. <laughs> you can't trust anyone but your own cats.
1: Yes. If you know what your cats are going to do. Bye. <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs>